the weekly wisdom this morning, Parshat Toldot. Parshat Toldot, everyone, is a story of twins. A story of Isaac and his wife, Rebecca, and their children, Jacob and Esau. We don't spend a lot of time with Isaac and Rebecca. We're moving very quickly into Jacob and Esau. Isaac is a transitional figure, an interstitial person, as it were. So this morning's reading is about brothers and the enmity between them and the blessings each of them are supposed to have. This morning's reading, if it is important at all to read, is because it speaks to us and asks us to interrogate our lives and to find a way that Torah and life intersect in the present moment. We don't take Torah out of the ark in order just to parade around a lot of old stories for the sake of their antiquity. But it's precisely because they are ancient and yet relevant and new and present. Repeating themselves over and over and over again in a repetition compulsion that is less a compulsion but an inevitability. Life repeats itself and these stories are life stories. Life templates. For me, for you, for all of us. Humans. The story of Jacob and Esau is a story of two brothers fighting for a father's blessing. Jacob and Esau, who in the beginning of Parshat Toldot were told are fighting in the womb. That in Rebekah's womb, Jacob and Esau are fighting, running each for the blessing. An oracle tells Rebekah, there are two nations in your womb. There's a struggle that is both personal and transpersonal happening for you. Rebecca seems to be privileged to information. The end of the oracle says, The great one will serve the younger one. She seems to be privileged with knowing that although Esau is the older of the two, Jacob is the one to whom the blessings belong. Of course, the end of that oracle, those words, Rav Yavot Sa'ir, as we spoke about early this morning, can also be read in Biblical Hebrew in the other direction. The Rav Yavot Sa'ir, the many will serve the younger, can also be read, and the younger will be serving the older. Equally plausible, rabbinically, or biblically rather, the Hebrew is equally available. Nonetheless, there is a sense when one reads the story of the blessings that are given by Isaac to Jacob and the game of it. Rebecca tells Jacob, her son, you better go get the skins that your brother Esau wears when, you know, when he goes out to hunt. Your father is getting older, he needs to give a blessing. Go steal the blessing, go get the blessings. And in the way that Isaac interrogates his son Jacob, there is a sense that he knows what the game is, what's going on here. Something, the jig is up. Like something's up. Because Isaac says to Jacob, wait a second, are you really Esau? And then he asks him again, a second time, a third time. Wait, wait a second, are you, come close, I want to smell you, because you know, mm, something. So for one last time, he then invites Jacob in and says, um, Esav. Are you my son Esau? And Jacob says, Ani, I, 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 I am. He kisses him, he smells him, he smells the garments, and he says, Wow, the smell of my son is like the smell of this, of this field, a blessed field. 
And then he gives him this blessing. If you'll turn to page 157. And if you have your open up, if you have your open up sheets, you can read it there too. So it's the first, the first source on the open up sheet. Look at this blessing. This is the blessing that was supposed to go to Esau. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fat places of the earth plenty of corn and wine. May people serve you and nations bow to you. You will be the Lord over. You'll Lord over your brothers. Your mother's sons will bow to you. May all those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. What's the, what is the, the sum of this blessing? What is this blessing all about that, Abraham, that Isaac gives Jacob? He's going to give it to Esau, right? Let's assume for a moment that he, he thinks this is Esau. What, what's he giving him? Yeah, Jeremy. Giving him control, authority, dominion. What else? What else? What, what's, what's happening here? What, what domain? What dimension? Yeah. Luck, may, may you be lucky. Okay. Spiritual gifts. And anything here to do with, with spirituality? Anything that we would understand? Is there a blessing of? Very earthly, right? Very material. Lots of wine and, uh, and, uh, and corn. Meaning like, I hope you do well in the stock market. Power over other people. I want you to be powerful and wealthy. Like, that's the blessing I want to give you. Now, why would Esau, like, why would that be an appropriate blessing for Esau? Like, how has Esau been characterized to us thus far in the, in the, in Parshat Toldot? If you don't know, what's his main thing to do? What does he love to do more than anything in the world? He loves to hunt. In the Bible, is hunting a good thing in the Bible? Anybody want to venture a guess? Yes? Cain and Abel. God prefers Abel over. Is Abel a, a hunter? How is he a hunter? He's a shepherd. Shepherds are a good thing. Shepherds are a good thing in the in the Torah. Hunting is not a good thing. Let's just like I'll just close up the. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Hunters are not a good thing. So he loves to hunt. So he's going to get this blessing, right? Now let's look at. The blessing that Jacob gives Isaac at the end, source number two. Of course, Isaac gets this blessing, right? But it's not the blessing that was supposed to go to Isaac. Excuse me, to Jacob. Right? Jacob does receive this blessing, but it wasn't the one that was intended for him. Let's look at the blessing that he does eventually get. The last blessing, source number two, chapter 28. Verse 3 and 4. Ve'el shaddai yivarech otcha. 
ויהפכה לירפך ויהיית לקלמים ויתן לך את ברכת אברהם לך ולזרעך איתך לרשתך את ארץ מגוריך אשר נתן אלוהים לאברהם. What is this blessing? God Almighty bless you, make you fruitful, multiply. Be a congregation of peoples. Kahal. Amin. May give you the blessing of Abraham to all of your seed, that you may inherit the land of your sojournings, or in other words, where you live, as God has given it already to Abraham. What is this blessing? Why did, Ab- why did Isaac feel that he had to give this blessing to his son, Jacob? What's this blessing? It's a lineage, it's a connection, it's an ancestry, it's what came before. It's exactly modeled on Abraham's original blessing from God, the covenant that God said, I will make you many. Right? So two different blessings for Jacob. Right? Don't confuse that you might have a lot of people with it, you might have a lot of corn. This is not a material blessing. That you might be many, that you might multiply and follow the way of Abraham, which has already been said, the way of Abraham in chapter 19 of the book of Genesis is the way of righteousness and justice. So two different blessings appear here to the, uh, the unfolding Jacob, even if Esau was the intended original blessing, but he receives two blessings. And might these two blessings, I want to ask this morning, might these two blessings also represent two different ways of wondering about what you might ask from God or from spirit or from the world itself? Two different levels, two different developments. Might it be true that in the beginning, when we pray or when we wonder about blessing, we think often in very concrete, material things. To be blessed might mean to be successful. To be blessed might mean that I don't have to worry about finance, that I might have a home. I want to have all of those physical things. And that the second blessing given to Jacob might be a blessing of something much more important much more fundamental, much more profoundly different in the way that he imagines prayer itself. Praying for material and praying for lineage. This is one of the ways I think that Heschel, if you look at the fourth source here, well, I want to say this is the way Nechama Leibowitz tried to imagine this. Look at Nechama Leibowitz, which is source number three. You don't have to turn the page, it's on the, bo- on the top of the second side. Nechama Leibowitz, the great commentator, 20th century commentator on Torah, says, We may note the contrast between these two blessings. On the one hand, Esau was promised abundance, fatness, power, and dominion, material blessing, but the Abrahamic mission, the blessing of seed, and the promise of a land were not given to Esau, since that spiritual blessing cannot be conferred by succession, but only granted to the one who is deserving of it. Apparently, Jacob deserves it. He's sitting in tents, not out, right? Something about Jacob's character, whether we think that's true or not, but let's just assume that she's right. For our purposes, there might be a, a blessing that is given based on, on merit or on being ready for it, available to it. 
Let's look at Heschel in source number four as we open up these verses. Shakespeare's Hamlet said, to be or not to be, that is the question. But that is no problem, says Heschel. We all want to be. The real problem, biblically speaking, is how to be, how to be, and how not to be. That is our challenge. It is what makes the difference between the human and the animal. The meaning of God is precisely the challenge of how to be. Imagining the second blessing given to Jacob as a blessing that complements and completes the first blessing. That things might be given to us that we're not worthy to, but we want to precisely because we have the question of how to be. How might we be worthy of these blessings? How might we live into these blessings? How are we to be worthy of Abrahamic blessing, of lineage, of ancestors, of that continuation? That's the question for Heschel, right? How are we to be? Prayer serves many aims, Heschel goes on to say in another source. It serves to save the inward life from oblivion. It serves to partake of God's mysterious grace and guidance. And yet ultimately prayer must not be experienced as an act for the sake of something. We pray in order to pray. Prayer is a perspective from which to behold, from which to respond to the challenges that we face. Man, humans in prayer don't seek to impose their will upon God. We seek to impose God's will and mercy upon ourselves. Prayer is necessary to make us aware of our failures, our backsliding, our transgressions, our sins. When we begin the Parsha, as we did last night, we remember that Rebecca goes in search of God because she is in pain. And for those of you who were with us last night, we said that that phrase, she went in search of God, is understood by Rashi as she went to find out an answer. She went to throw the Ouija board, to throw the tarot cards, the I Ching. She went to find out how is it going to be in the end. And we remember from last night that Nachmanides, who lived about 100 years after Rashi, says, no, 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 I don't like that notion. The word darosh or lidrosh is never seen in Torah as being, I went to an oracle. It's as I went to pray. Rebecca doesn't go to find out an answer. She goes out to pray. She's in pain and she prays. Not for something, but to pray. To pray. To know how she is to respond and to ask herself, lead by Lales, to ask herself reflexively, might, how might I hold this pain and suffering here? Not what will it be like in the end, in two years, three years, four years from now, but what is being asked of me in this suffering right now? Two blessings are conferred upon Jacob. The first one is about material possession. The second one is Abrahamic possibilities. And Nechamalewit says, wow, the second blessing is a compliment. The first one is when we pray for things, and the second one is when we pray in things. We are inside of it, a lineage. Something to be worthy of, something to be able to hold, something to be prepared for. I'm opening it up. Somebody has thoughts, feelings, conjectures, disagreements. Yeah, someone who hasn't spoken yet. Janet Dintner. What you learned from this text is that you're a little bit naive and that you need to learn to... More duplicitous. Wow. 
Is that based on what we just studied or just on, just on, this, this, on life? Okay. To, me, to be more duplicitous, you mean to be more like Jacob? I don't think anyone is sure, Janet, if, if we know if he knows what he's doing. We don't know. We weren't there. But the text tells us both that he's blind and that he acts, right, because of that blindness. But there are other cues in the text, either irrespective of whether he knew or not. I, I'm going to hear your point and I want to lift it up, which is that you're trying to say that the text is pointing to um, both a blessing that comes from knowing how to be in the physical world, in the material world with all of its complexities. We need corn. We need wine. We need the material blessings that come in the first in the first blessing. The second blessing is a blessing of being worthy of those blessings. Uh, and in the framing, you were kind of not working within the framing of prayer, but you're saying the Jacob character speaks to you this morning. Speaks to you this morning about the need to be wily sometimes, to know how to work in the world of those who are not as straight as we would like them to be. Yes. Even if you don't like that. Wendy. Jacob, he was still wondering if it's Jacob, if it's Esau, and by the second blessing, he had decided he was giving his blessing to Jacob to multiply and take on the lineage. But the first one, he hadn't been at that place. Could be. I mean, it's an interesting read that he wasn't in that place yet. Um, again, depending on what, how much we think Isaac knew, but let's bring it back to us, okay? Let's, you know, Bible, beautiful, great stories. What about me and you? So, in this story, there are, um, the, 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 I think the story is asking us which blessing of the blessings we imagine ourselves receiving. It's very clear that North American Jewish life at this moment is, is decidedly in the first blessing. To be a successful American, we have to become successful. What does that mean? It means that we have to live in a certain place and we have to write there's certain dreams. The American dream is not, no one says, oh, they accomplished the American dream. They became embodiments of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Anybody ever hear that? I want to confer upon you the blessing of America. Here's the blessing. It's the dream of American life that you will be bequeathed life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that you would embody that. That everywhere you go, someone say, you're an American? Say, yes, I'm an American. What does that mean? I am the embodiment of my ancestors' lineage, which is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Would that it were so, but listen, it's a serious thing. It's not a funny thing two weeks ago and this week. I mean, come on. It's, not, it's, not, it's a serious thing here. Torah is not a joke. 
It's important the way that we frame these stories. So people don't generally think of that lineage in that way. I want to be blessed with you, Father America, Mother America, with that. And the language we use and the way that it's repeated over and over again in the Torah of this country is profoundly troubling. And so North American Jews who show up a week after a horrible murder takes place in shuls. They show up for Shabbat. American Jewish communities got them out. Last Friday night, this place was packed with people wanting solace. And then a week later, two weeks later, the blessing of our ancestors is this. The blessings of our ancestors, our mothers and fathers, are these values, this Torah, these words, these words, this lineage, and other lineages too. We're all very poly. I love all the other traditions too. This is a profoundly relevant text. Which blessing we are given? Which blessing we demand? Which blessing we own? I'm going to go with Elizabeth and then Rabbi Jill. Elizabeth, wait for Arthur. Okay. I don't know if it's worth There's another very disturbing difference between these two blessings. And that is that the first one ends with, Cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be everyone that blesses thee. And that's the division that we're seeing in this country today. Not only the materialism and the power, but the ability and the, the desire to divide people and bring them against each other. Whereas the second blessing talks about thou mayest be a congregation of people, which is a unity. So there's that too. Lifting that up, Rabbi Jill. So I want to say something that's a little bit of a devarah here, another thought about this second blessing. Um, which is that as American Jews, we tend to spiritualize land, right? We tend to say the blessing of land is a spiritual blessing, but actually it's not. It's a physical blessing, right? It's the same kind of blessing that Esau is getting, right? It's in different words. So I want to suggest that we should be, and fertility is also a physical blessing. Uh, so I don't want to sort of dichotomize these two blessings. What I think is interesting about the second blessing is that there is this sense of responsibility to the land, right? The first blessing says you should get corn and wine, right? That's the product. Right, but the second blessing says it's right. It, you want to inherit the land with all the responsibility that goes along with that. So that's that's what I'm feeling good about in the second bracha. Beautiful. So Rabbi, you lifted up and said, instead of dichotomizing, in order to dichotomize, we have to read the second blessings, physical, material blessings, as spiritual. Um, we could say moral. Right? There's a moral valence in the second one because Abraham clearly is given the land uh, in order to live in it in a particular way, but nonetheless, right, so here is this beautiful davarachir. These, right, both of these blessings, this blessing is about, uh, in your reading, not about products, what we get from the land, but what we give to the land, or what we bring to the land, not what we take from the land, right? The land, right, and, and that's another moment here as American Jews too, right? What are we, what have we given versus what have we taken? Uh, also a beautiful reading, also a beautiful reading. Take a couple of more, and then we're going to bring it in for a landing. So all the way in the back, Rachel. 
So something that I see in here is one of the, the commentaries that we read said that that Yaakov got this blessing because he deserved it. He deserved the spiritual blessing. And for me, I see a, um, a conflict in that because really he's the one that deserved it because he's the one that's cheating his father and his brother. And so what I see in here is A, that this blessing of justice and the Abrahamic blessing and the responsibility and the kindness and all those things that the spiritual blessings is not necessarily because we're already there like we can be flawed and we can mess up and we cannot be just and we can lie and cheat but that it's this striving this constant returning to to trying to receive that that's maybe why you know it's not so much that he deserved it but that he needed it not just that he deserved it, but that he needed it. So we've spoken frequently in, in the shul about the pain of Jacob having to wear someone else's clothing to receive a blessing. How real that is. How often we have to dress up in something other than what we really are in order to receive something that we think we need. It's true that we, as we're saying, this second blessing can be an aspirational blessing, not descriptive, but prescriptive. Right? Not who you are, but who you might become. That a blessing right it can also be not just a conferring on someone what they currently deserve but like how they live into that blessing or they live into that name so it's also beautiful lifting that up i'm going to take one more from ellen and then and then we're going to come in for a close sorry so ellen when i read the first blessing the first thing that comes to my mind is it's for the grandson it's for joseph mm. that joseph is the one who thought or who dreamt that he was going to be master over his brothers and they would bow down to him. And they got pretty angry about that. And they were jealous and what did they do? Everybody knows that. And you know what, what I sort of read into that is you can be the chosen people, but don't, you know, don't gloat over it. Don't be too proud of it. Don't ask other people or other peoples to bow down to you because they're going to get upset and they're going to get angry and they're going to want to act it out in some way that is going to be destructive towards you. Okay, I, I think that hearing that, that also involves, you just added something that could be, we could go in a lot of different directions and I, I'm, I have a particular problem with, with that Torah at this moment because I think that we should be standing up and being deeply proud, each of us in our own way of being Jewish, of being, uh, being African-American, of being all of the different identity politics. I think each and every group in this country should be able to say, I'm loud and I'm proud and this is who I am, which is beautiful, but I get the gloating part, right? The gloating element is uh, certainly shadow and problematic, certainly, but I want to bring us in for a landing, I'm sorry. So this Aliyah, this open up, inviting up those to come to the Aliyah this morning. This first Aliyah is full of all of the things that we just mentioned, all of them. It is full of the question of blessing, the question of material versus physical or, or versus spiritual, material versus moral, um, lording over, not lording over, but I think that what I had wanted to, to elevate here was to say that the blessing of... Um, the blessing of material and receiving a sense of safety and security 
um, is a vital prerequisite for receiving the spiritual blessings later on. That without, right, the, without the Esau blessing that he receives, being able to be strong, being able to trust that there will be abundance, the second blessing can't be conferred. It's as almost as if, like in the reading here that Isaac knew what he was doing, Isaac's technology is to say, when you feel physically safe, when you feel like there's an abundance, then you can turn your mind on, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you'll be able to focus on existential things. And I want to say that, that even if that's not, a, I, I don't see them sequentially, I want to say that we are in this moment right now. And so I wanted to call forward for the first Aliyah, the blessing this morning to receive a blessing that there is safety, there is enough, that there will be, that we have power. We do have power. And that we should use it appropriately at this moment um, in order to bring about blessing in the world. If that speaks to you this morning, please come for the first Aliyah as an open up uh, general Aliyah for whoever feels called.